Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we will have uh, Father Tyler Matson with us. He is the parochial vicar at Christ the King Parish in Sioux Falls. We're going to talk about his um, call to the priesthood, uh, what it's been like. He's been a priest about three years, so we'll talk about how things are going. Uh, it should be a good conversation. First, we're going to talk to Dr. Chris Bergwald for a little Biblical Bites with Dr. B. But as you can see, Dr. Chris is not in the studio. Are you okay? What if they're listening by radio? <laughs> well, okay. If you see us by video, he is not in the studio. Otherwise, you don't uh, care. <laughs> yes, I'm broadcasting from an undisclosed location, my close quarters, qu- close quarters quarantine bunker. Yes, yes. Say that five times faster. No. <laughs> we don't have time. We no, don't have time. No. Never mind. Yeah, important things to do here. That's right. So um, we're going to be talking today about the the gospel reading from this Sunday, the uh, number fifteenth, which is the thirty third Sunday in Ordinary Time. Renee, um, we're coming down to the end of the liturgical year. Do you know when the liturgical year ends this year? Um, I'm going to guess the Saturday before Advent, ish. You're going to guess that, but you know that's true because this this is the second time we're having to record. <laughs> you're not supposed to say that, Chris. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you're like, I'm going to guess the right answer because I know it already. I had my answer already to okay, go, too. Okay, Bill, Bill, go. Uh... <laughs> okay, so I was it's... just going to see. I was curious to see how, uh, yeah, we had, we had a little technical difficulty, so this is take two. So I was asking yeah. Renee the same question just to see how she, uh, you know, how well she faked it. Tried she, to cover for you. Well. Yeah. Good job. Okay. So I'm going to give you the right answer then. Four o'clock on Saturday, the day before Advent or the That's first right. Sunday of so, Advent. <laughs> so this year, so when is that this year? As you know, uh, the 28th. Is that yeah, what you so said? the um, Saturday after Thanksgiving. So right. Sunday, the 29th, the first Sunday of Advent. Advent technically begins when mass begins on Saturday, which is kind of four o'clock is is the time that's generally identified as this is when Sunday Masses on Saturday can happen. So Advent begins 4 o'clock this year. It's Saturday, November 28th, which means the liturgical year ends, well, I guess 359 and 59 Mm -hmm. seconds, seconds, whatever, um, that day. The Sunday before that, then, is the final Sunday of liturgical year. We'll be talking about that next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the title, but you'll have to tune in next week to hear more about that. But these last couple of weeks of Advent, uh, sorry, of the liturgical year are sort of already anticipating one of the themes of Advent. So, Renee, when you think of Advent, what do we normally think of when we, we think about Advent? Well, we think about waiting and, uh, yeah, yeah, waiting. For what? Waiting for uh, the Lord to come. To be right. born, and, and and so most people think waiting. For, so we're waiting to celebrate his birth, mm-hmm. but there's also this dimension uh, where we're, we're where we're looking forward. We're waiting for his second coming at the end of mm. time. Okay, that's 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 in Advent, but it's also in the final last couple weeks of the readings for Mass for the liturgical year. And so over the next couple of weeks, you'll start to get a taste of that. Now, what we see in this Sunday's gospel, kind of just beginning sort of that return of the Lord, we, we get a feel of that in the parable of, of the, the master and the talents. So this is from Matthew 25, um, 
Uh, we, this is what we read from last week. We'll be reading it from it next week as well. Matthew 25, uh, the gospel reading with the, 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 par- the parable of the talents where the master um, is going to go on a journey. He calls together three of his servants, gives uh, to one of them, he gives five talents to another uh, two and to a third, he gives one. Mm-hmm. Then he goes away. Um, and after a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with him. So he calls each of them forward. And so the one who, who he gave him five, he brings them forward. And the servant says, master, you gave me five talents. See, I've made five more. And the response there is, well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were responsible in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come share your master's joy. And then uh, the same thing with the, the, the servant who'd been given two talents. Um, this one had made two more, almost literally, I think literally the same words in response to the master. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you are faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come share your master's joy. And then we get the final, the final servant mm-hmm. who was given one talent. Um, and he said, out of fear, I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here it is back. And it's a pretty caustic, caustic um, reply on the part of the master. You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that a harvest where I did not plant and gather where I did not scatter. Should you not then have put my money in the, bu- in the bank so that I could have gotten it back with interest on my return? Now then, take the talent from him and give it to the one with 10. For to everyone who has more will be given and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Throw this useless servant into the darkness outside where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It sounds so harsh. (laughs) It does sound harsh. So, first of all, I think this is, I think it's important for us to really, to really wrestle with parables like this, because it does sound so harsh. Mm-hmm. I think so often we think of Jesus as almost like a little teddy, uh, teddy bear, mm-hmm. a cuddly teddy bear, right? And and the, the, the truth is that he's not just meek and mild. He is also our Lord. And so what's going on here? Um, why is he so critical? What, what the talents represent is knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom. And what our Lord wants us to do is share our knowledge of the mysteries of his kingdom broadly and bring a Richard. This is about evangelization. This is about mm. lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship oh. through God's love to put it in, in Bishop de Groot's Bishop would be so proud of you right now. Called to share the Lord's message with everyone we know. Awesome. Thanks, Dr. B. All right. Today, my guest in the studio is Father Tyler Matson. He is the parochial vicar at Christ the King Parish. He has a whole bunch of other titles that we'll get into <laughs> at some point. Uh, you have a lot of jobs to do, Father Tyler. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. Um, we're, we'll talk about some of those things mm-hmm. as we go, uh, but we're going to talk today a little bit about your call to the priesthood, sure. um, how it's, because this has been a few years ago that you've been ordained mm-hmm. now. How, is it three or four? Three years. Three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've had some time to be a priest and get into it and see mm-hmm. what this is all about. So, but let's start from the beginning. Yeah. So um, tell me about how did the call to the priesthood happen for you and when was that? Sure. So I'm from Sioux Falls. Right. So I went to Catholic schools all the way through and it was at O'Gorman when probably junior year, a lot of my friends were starting to think about what they wanted to do after high school. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, they were saying, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. And I remember thinking to myself, 
man, I have no idea what I want to do <laughs> after high school. And kind of in that place of just like, I don't know. Uh, I just heard on my heart very clearly um, somebody say, hey, be a priest. And I thought that was weird because I never <laughs> thought about it before. Uh-huh. Nobody had ever told me, hey, you'd be a good priest. It just kind of popped in my heart. And, you know, I went on a seminary visit at that time mm-hmm. and liked it. But then just life went on, high school went on. Senior year came along and I was about ready to graduate and had made a decision to go to USD in Vermilion okay. and was in the chapel at O'Gorman and heard for a second time, be a priest. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's not very good timing. Uh, I had <laughs> made my deposit already at USD. <laughs> I had just gotten back together with a girlfriend. It was just not good timing. So seems like a weird request at that moment, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that was kind of the first time I told my parents that I was thinking about it. And they said, well, just go to USD and then see what happens, mm-hmm. you know, which turned out to be really good advice. So I went to USD and it happened to be the first year that they had focus on campus oh, okay. yeah. and they were doing some intentional outreach to students. So I got involved in a Bible study, uh, had a really good roommate who was a classmate of mine from O'Gorman. And we just decided let's try to grow in our faith during college. Uh, so that first year at USD was really good, really powerful. And, but I still had no idea what I wanted to do afterwards. Yeah. I was undecided taking generals. And for a third time I was in prayer and I heard, uh, the Lord say, be a priest. And I knew that I couldn't keep ignoring him. Right. And I really loved USD, but I just knew I wanted to be at peace, mm-hmm. um, staying there. So that's when I decided to apply for seminary and with, with a pretty strong conviction that I was supposed to go so I told the Lord, you know, I feel really strongly that I'm supposed to go to seminary. If you want me to leave at any point, it has to be as strong or stronger so that I'll know. <laughs> Please tell me. <laughs> yeah. And that just never happened. And each year, in fact, you know, it would go by and I would feel more at peace, more joyful. Of course, there are obstacles, ups and downs. Sure. But overall, the trajectory was, yeah, I think this is what God wants me to do. And I got to a point where I realized, like, no- nobody's going to stop me. Right. being ordained. Like, it, like I got <laughs> to a point where I, where I realized, like, it was towards the end before my diaconate. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, if anybody's going to stop this train, it has to be me. <laughs> no one like, else oh. is going to jump in front of it. Yeah, because <laughs> they were all like, yeah, we want you to go ordained. Like, we think, we're, we think you're called. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of the brief the brief version yeah. of how I got here. Was there, especially the first and the second time you heard that, mm-hmm. was there some fear? And, I mean, there's we're humans. There's always excuses. But was there some fear or anything in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think or just just the unknown of yeah. what that would what that would mean for me, and you know, just not having a very clear understanding of what the priesthood is, and and honestly, I really hadn't thought about where do priests come from, and you know, how do they do they just show up in your parish someday, or you know, pop out of the ground? Yep. So there was some there was some uncertainty about all of that, sure. and I think just the natural fears of you have your own plans of of maybe having a, a, a wife and a family mm-hmm. someday and just sort of the kind of normal, um, the normal job that you might have. Although, I, I, like I said, I think I was blessed in the sense where I didn't really have any strong dreams yeah. <laughs> as far as a career. Yeah. It actually put me in a really open place right. where I was ready to receive yeah. the call. Yeah. There was something that you said too, um, when you said your roommate at USD, mm-hmm. you and him, um, we're really working on your faith together. Mm-hmm. So I have a question about that, that that I didn't give you ahead of time because this mm-hmm. just really popped in my head as you were saying that. 
is do you think that's common for young men in that time in their life to want to work on their faith? Do you see mm. that more now or is this kind mm. of a rare thing? Sure. Do you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, well I don't know for sure. My my, my uh, hunch, at least from what I've seen, is even if a man has that desire going into college, maybe he was really involved in his faith in high school and he goes to college, if he's not supported by others, it can really easy – uh, really easy for him to fall away, right. you know? And I think sometimes you might get along with your roommate, but it's probably rare that you would have the same mm-hmm. convictions about your faith with a roommate. Uh, you know, I was I was blessed where he was my best friend from high school and mm-hmm. we kind of took a risk and said, hey, let's, let's room together and see what happens. And, and it turned out to be a great blessing. Yeah. But, you know, if you don't have some kind of community, mm-hmm. it's really easy to, um, to fall away. And that's why I think having... Campus ministries or Newman centers, focus. where yeah, yeah, or yeah. things like focus, just ways that you can be invited into a community, especially for men. Because I, I mean, not to generalize, but I feel like uh, women do a better job mm-hmm. of just if they feel strongly about it, they'll pursue it. But I think men need to feel supported, right? Um, so I think if if a guy does feel that way, it's just so important that he finds community. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did your family think when you finally decided to go to seminary? They were surprised. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they wanted grandkids, obviously. <laughs> now, are you the only boy? Uh, two brothers. Okay. Two brothers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so but, they're probably okay, but <laughs> as far yeah, as grandkids. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. But it's, you know, I think it's just a shock yeah. uh, that comes from that. My, my oldest brother had actually gone to seminary previously for okay. a few years. So they were at least familiar with the idea and mm-hmm. they kind of knew the process a little bit. Um, but more than anything, they just said, well, we want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. And especially as time went on, as they saw that I was happy, mm-hmm. they, the support they were already giving me just grew and grew and grew. Yeah. Was that the same from your friends? That's Definitely. Yeah. yeah, it was cool. Yeah. It was really cool to see even my friends who maybe weren't on the same page as, as I about <laughs> matters of faith or whatever it was. Right. Just when they saw that I was becoming more myself, they just were really supportive. Yeah, that's really uh, an important thing you just said. You were becoming more yourself. Mm-hmm. So do you think that really happened through seminary and following that call? And if you hadn't followed, followed that call, where would you be? I mean, you have yeah. to, if you don't answer it. Yeah, probably know. in my parents' basement or something. I don't know. But <laughs> Playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's true, honestly. I mean, that was, and actually, it was a funny story. I had some friends from USD who visited mm-hmm. me after maybe like a year at seminary. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, we're surprised that you're, like, still you. Because I think they would thought, you know, you go to seminary, you become, like, a robot. <laughs> you just sort of fall in line. Uh, but actually, the opposite was happening. I yeah. was becoming more myself. And and my personality that was already there was just being transformed in Christ. And that can obviously happen anywhere. But I think, you know, for God meant it for me to happen in seminary. That is a really good thing to hear because I bet that's maybe a fear for mm-hmm. men when they go to the seminary, they're thinking, yeah, I'm going to lose myself right. in this. So that's a really good thing to hear, I think. Yeah, for sure. And there's always pressure to conform or something, but I think like you just recognize which parts of me do I need to have, have some conversion mm-hmm. uh, and which parts of me can be transformed. And I think like regardless, when you go and you really take it seriously and you really seek the Lord in prayer, like, the whole point is that you become yourself. Yeah. That, that's what it means to be a saint. Yeah. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So when you were ordained, 
Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, three years ago, you yeah. said, um, is there anything that stands out from ordination day? Hmm. Maybe, well, good or bad. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> for sure. Well, so I was ordained, I was blessed to be ordained with five other men. There okay. were six of us in my class, which, and, and thankfully we had a lot of visiting priests, um, a lot of, uh, people there to support us, but the ceremony was very long because, you know. Because <laughs> there's five. Uh, yeah, six of us, actually, six <laughs> oh, okay, of us, yeah, and everything yeah. has to happen six times. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you think about, like, the part of the ordination where the priests lay their hands, mm -hmm. and it just it took forever. Yeah. So, I mean, I forgot how long it was, but I think it was over two hours. Oh, but but uh, for for us, and I talked to my classmates afterwards, like it felt so quick. Like oh, it did I not bet. feel long, which I think was kind of funny <laughs> afterwards talking to some, I had some family come who weren't even Catholic and they were like, man, that was really long. I was like, oh, it didn't seem long to me. <laughs> it flew by. But so I think that was, that was probably real grace was I was just able to kind of enter into the yeah. experience of it and into the moment and be able to pray through it. Yeah. And I remember one moment that was particularly joyful. It was after the ordination part of the mass and we were, uh, so we're now we were priests, mm -hmm. and we were going into the Eucharist. So my classmates and I, we were, we're all vested in the chasubles for the first time, and mm -hmm. we were sitting around the altar, and we were just like looking at each other, and we we're all grinning, just like all <laughs> like look like hey, look look we at us now, do this. like we're priests now. It's just like such a such an innocent and but joyful moment. Right, mm -hmm. no high fives back there. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was gonna say that's a lot of that's a lot of people up at the altar at once mm -hmm. at that point. So. Mm -hmm. But uh, that would have been Bishop Swain then. He had a lot Bishop of help, Swain. huh? <laughs> he did. And that's the nice thing about it is like, yeah, they have people who just tell you, stand up, sit down, go here. Right. So you don't really need to worry about that yeah. too much. We're, well, you didn't embarrass yourself there. Was there anything <laughs> Was there anything during that time that happened that I was like, oops? <laughs> oh, well, actually, yeah. I uh, My my hair at the time, I had like this little side part going oh, yes. on. yes, yeah. But after like, a hundred priests touch your hair, your hair gets messed up. And uh, Father Richard Fox was one of the priests vesting me. And when he came up to give me my chasuble, he quick fixed my hair in front of everybody. But everybody laughed and I could tell that like, they were just looking for a little comedic break because yeah. it was so serious after yeah. that point. So, And it was done out of affection, I'm sure. For sure. I, yeah, yeah, it was good. It was a good moment. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, all right. If you just joined us, we're uh, talking to Father Tyler Matson, who is the parochial vicar at Christ the King Parish here in Sioux Falls. Um, <clears throat> all right. So how have the first few years been? Mm. I know you were at you were at my parish for yep. the first two years at Holy Spirit in Sioux mm -hmm. Falls. Mm -hmm. um, what's it been like? Yeah, it's been incredible. I mean, honestly, it's been it's been more than I could have imagined as far as, you know, you might have a, an idea of what your day is going to look like or mm -hmm. what your ministry is going to look like. But there have just been so many surprises for me. Mm -hmm. And every single surprise turns out to be just a tremendous blessing. And I mean that both in like the long term, like, oh, I wasn't expecting to do this ministry or even just like a day to day where your day might be planned a certain way. And then you get a phone call and then suddenly it's totally different, mm -hmm. but it's better than you were expecting. Right. Uh, so it's just been a real gift for me to kind of watch God work. And I get to, I get to kind of be along for the ride, helping people. Uh, but it's the Lord doing the work. And right. it's, just, it's just such a tremendous gift for me to be able to do that as a priest. Yeah. What's been your favorite part so far? Hmm. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> I think, yeah. Maybe there's there this, isn't a favorite part. Maybe well, it's yeah, all your favorite, a lot of favorite parts. It's like, I think I've been 
some things were surprising. Uh, I'm an introvert by temperament, mm-hmm. and I've been surprised how much I've enjoyed preaching, which is mm-hmm. not something I thought I would like being in front of a crowd and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, well, and starting out at Holy Spirit, it's like we're all around you. So. I know, I know. <laughs> so that was kind of weird. baptism by fire a little <laughs> bit. Uh, but then I think I've also just enjoyed those moments where, you know, maybe you're just one-on-one with somebody either in a pastoral counseling situation or in confession, and you just get to, like, see something come alive in them. Or, you know, maybe you say a word that comes from the Holy Spirit or or whatever it is. And it's just those really graced moments. And you mm-hmm. realize, like, nobody else is going to see this yeah. ever except me. And, you know, it's, it's like, hidden. But it's it's so packed with grace and good things. Yeah. And you just get to be a, have front row seats to those types of things every day. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Nice way to say that. Um, anything weird or anything that's happened? Oh, <laughs> there must well, I be something. With, I lived with Father Simple for three years, so there's there is something. That's but, all weird. <laughs> but I leave it at that. No, actually, it's funny. I just uh, came to a new rectory, mm-hmm. and there's uh, there's four of us living together. Yeah. And I appreciate now how clean Father Simple <laughs> is because that when surprises you live with, me. I know. I don't know you, why. When but. you live with other priests, and it's like, oh, it's like, oh. There's a lot of dishes around here. It's like, <laughs> why are there socks all over the floor? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, how has that? This is a little different living arrangement mm-hmm. than normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is that working? There's four of you there. Mm-hmm. Is it okay? Is it? So, <laughs> been a little. I mean, you're regular people, really. Right. I mean, there's got to be a little, maybe some bump bumps here and there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I think you know we've really tried to make some important hinges during the week, like just some things that we do together. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, we, we all have really different schedules, sure. but we've been trying to have morning prayer together as much as possible. So to start the day, being able to pray together, um, you know, Sundays we're usually all around in the afternoon. So try to have brunch together, mm-hmm. just check in, how's the week, what's going on in the week ahead. And those are just been important moments yeah. of being able to have some, some sense of like, we're not just living together, but we're also a community. So yeah. we're going to do some things together. Uh, and I think the more that we've been able to maybe hold on to the family aspect of it, like you're not just sleeping here, mm-hmm. but you're part of something bigger, the the better the better it's been. But of course, we have different personalities and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but no no major blowouts That's so far, good. thankfully. Yeah, <laughs> That's good. Well, it can be a nice support system for mm-hmm. each other because I'm sure there are rough times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need someone that you can have some support from. Totally. It's been such a gift just to be able to run into people after your day and to be able to check in and say, hey, this happened or this was kind of, you know, a a grace today or a challenge today. Right, right. Um, Okay, so you are, one of the other things you do, um, you are the chaplain at O'Gorman Junior High. Mm -hmm. So I'm really curious, what are you guys doing over there? There's, of course, school is a little weird this year. And there's, so what's happening there in that work? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's been one of the surprises that I talked about, like mm-hmm. surprises in priesthood. So this is my third year now at the middle school as okay. a chaplain. And it's a little bit different now with some COVID mm-hmm. restrictions. Uh, but thankfully, um, the principal there has been really good about still trying to keep faith a priority. So even though some things are restricted, mm-hmm. um, still allowing me to get into the classrooms or um, to do prayer with the students. Um I also think it's really important for me to be able to 
just support the teachers in any way I can. So I do some prayer with the teachers uh, once a month. I'll have mass before school on first Friday each month, mm-hmm. um, giving opportunities for, for confession and, and for sacraments like that. So mm-hmm. so still trying to uh, have the sacraments and prayer be the foundation of, of the kids' time there. Right. And and in part, too, just for me to be visible has mm-hmm. just been so important. It's like mm-hmm. uh, just so they can see me. Especially now, I would think, because there's probably a lot of uncertainty about what's going on in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And so they probably need a little stability and someone they feel like maybe they can talk to if they need to. For I sure. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, there's, like, you know, I think everybody's a little bit stressed. Yeah. And then you just take, you know, uh, just imagine yourself as a middle schooler. <laughs> and then, you know, this 2020, it's, it's, it's a difficult time. Yeah. And yeah, just to be an encouragement and a support for them. Yeah. Good. Or do you think they're they're doing good, in general? Yeah, I think they are. Good. Honestly, it, there's been some difficulties just with some of those restrictions, but you know they experienced several months of online classes, mm-hmm. and they're just grateful to be in person. Yeah, uh, they probably never thought they'd be so happy to go back to school, right? Because mm-hmm. they're always like, "Oh, I want a snow day or whatever," and, and you stay totally. home for three months or however long it was. And I know, yeah. Yeah. I know, even like with like with quarantines, you know, where you might have to be home for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Like I would have loved that as I, but like, you know, they're so sick of it and yeah. I, and you really have to admire them for just yeah. like, I want to be in school. Yeah. And you know, it, it's one thing when you're, uh, can't go to school, but you can see your friends outside of school. Yeah. But when you can't do any of that, sure. that changes that entirely. And they're just itching to mm-hmm. get back mm-hmm. together. Um, let's see, you are also, I have to find this. Oh, chaplain at the Newman Ministries in Sioux Falls. So does yeah. that mean, uh, let's see, Augustana? Or is it for Aug- the Augustana and USF? Is that right? Yeah. Or how does it, that work? It's, it's technically for any college student oh, in the okay. city of Sioux Falls. Oh, okay. So okay. that would include SDI and it would include the community college. Uh, but primarily most of the kids that we minister to on a daily basis are from Augie and USF. Okay. That's good. So how is that going? I mean, do you get, do you actually, where do you do this? I mean, there's not really a Newman Center really in Sioux Falls, right? Or is well, there? Well, and I just don't know about it. Well, we're working on it. That's, <laughs> okay, that's oh, the good. plan. Yeah. So that's what that's part of the reason why I got assigned to Christ the King. Okay. Was just you know Christ the King is within a few blocks of both Augustana and USF. Right. So the idea would be this would become a hub, and okay. would become kind of like a parish slash Newman Center. Yeah. So so we are working on it. We're kind of taking a. Uh, section of the parish and we're repurposing it for okay. campus ministry. Oh, nice. So when it's all done, it's in a work in progress, but when it's all done, we'll have um, an office for a chaplain, um, kind of a meeting and storage room, and then uh, a pretty good size lounge, Nice. Um, which would just be for college ministry. Right. So we already do have some things going on during mm-hmm. the week and stuff like that, but um, I think it's just going to be important for those kids that have a space yeah. that's just for them. Yeah, that'll be great. I didn't know that was going on. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, okay, so one other thing, quick before we go, uh, we have like 30 seconds. Okay. If you had a young man come up to you and ask you for advice, he was maybe hearing a call, mm-hmm. what would you advise him? I would say, don't be afraid uh, and pray. Just if you're not praying, just start praying every day mm-hmm. um, and You'll, you'll have all the support that you need. Good, good. That's mm-hmm. good advice. <laughs> all right. Thank you for being with us today, Father Manson. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. All right. Next week, we will have uh, Bishop Donald Grood will be on the show to talk about gratitude right before Thanksgiving. 
So um, I hope you'll join us then. Thanks for being with us. Join us again next week for another Catholic Views. Thank you.